Big time. We man. lost a good GM. Well, no, we lost a GM. Good. <laughs> yeah, hey, we lost a baseball GM. Hey, we listen. have a former GM exactly. right now coming on, and that's what's hey, important. Anytime somebody loses a job, it's it's you have to feel for them because it is a job and it is somebody's yes. livelihood. We are the Fan Cave. We're uh, here with you guys every Monday night from 6 to 8 o'clock on Mile High Sports, milehighsports.com, 98.1 FM and 107.5 FM HD3. My name is Tony Comas. Alongside me, Ryan Roman Romero. We're live at the Drives at Mile High Studios. To my right is at LJ Maximo. We've got the McLaren of sports media from uh, uh, Nate Lombardo joining us as well. Great interview in the first segment. Two-time state champ uh, from Cherry Creek, Arden Walker. Also, Mizzou commit. Going to be playing some SEC football. And now, two two big things right now are the big, the, the huge topics on air, which are obviously what happened at 20th and Blake today with the Colorado Rockies, but also what's going to happen with the Denver Broncos down there at Dove Valley. And so, Max, I mean, you, you, a great job bringing in a former NFL uh, GM, yes. uh, a current consultant and, and former uh, executive within the league, someone who knows the inside, the outside of the NFL draft. They, they just call it connections. And I'm fortunate enough to be connected with a guy named Paulie. And if you're in sports talk and you don't know a guy named Paulie, you can't get connected. And I'm so thankful because Scott McLuhan and I connected last year pre-COVID when everything shut down. And Scott and I hit it off because he's a Loveland native. Let me give you a quick bio. Went to Wichita State. He He's a two-time, not one-time, two-time Super Bowl champion. He's got some great stories to share with us. And, and one in particularly is a guy by the name of Frank Gore. Hmm. And uh, but welcome to the show, Scott. Thank you very much. I, I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, man, we appreciate it. You know, it's draft week, and I I, I know the juices flow as an NFL executive. Um, what's it like right now, four days prior to a draft? What what is the mindset of a GM right now in the NFL? You know. I was lucky enough to be around some good organizations and they all pretty much ran the same and everyone's different from the standpoint that they have their own ideas about timelines and all that. But the ones I were involved with from the standpoint of being an area scout or running a draft, the week of is really, really quiet from the standpoint you're done watching tape, your board set. Um, you are taking phone calls for possible trades, but very few come through. And if they do, it's usually just sniffing around, nothing concrete at all. Um, you have your area scouts calling all the prospects in their area, making sure verifying draft day numbers, verifying anything new come up medically, um, background wise, anything like that. Um, so it, it, it's really, it's really a slow time. It makes it even go slower and slower because it's so close and you're so excited for it, but yet it's so far away. But once it gets there, then it's all worth it, but it, it's kind of a dead time right now. Leading up to the draft, you mentioned something right there, Scott, that I felt uh, was kind of interesting and it popped up over the last week and a half week uh, with Justin Fields. And you mentioned medically and and then, you know, what, what comes out all of a sudden in the media, 
is that Justin Fields, you know, he does battle with with epilepsy and, and has these health, you know, which could be considered a health concern. Now, listen, I've watched him play on those fields at Ohio State, and I, I personally don't think that uh, that 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 could be a concern. But why does something like that leak late? Like, is is that posturing, positioning from other teams who say, "I want Justin Fields"? <laughs> you know what? Honestly, it is. There, there's there's some some to that. You know. The, Agents, you know, it's a very tough profession they're in, and each pick, they, the player drops down, the amount of money they're losing, and it, it's unique because it, it doesn't come out usually some of the red flag stuff until like a week and a half, two weeks prior to, and from the, from the organization standpoint, you got to look into them no matter what. I remember Warren Sapp was coming out, a team came out the night before about him having positive drug tests at Miami, you know, and everybody got nervous. So all of a sudden, you know, teams that had him ranked higher, um, or can we verify yay or nay? And they couldn't get a verification one way or the other. And he dropped in the draft a little bit, you know, just because of that alone. Um, you know, but sometimes stuff that comes out is legit. And, and you do need to look into, especially this year with no combine, because um, the medical is highly, highly important because you're investing a lot of money in these young guys. And if they're coming out already banged up, you need to know how severe. And the good ones, have already played, you know, two to three to four years of college football, you know, against good competition, and, and they're going to have injuries. It's inevitable. Um, the guys who don't have injuries are the one-year wonder type guys, you know. So you find out as much as you can, but with this year with no combine and a lot of no face-to-face interviews, anything that came out from the air, scan, air scout standpoint, they have to look into because they have to have answers for the, for the directors, for the GM, and for the coaches and the ownership. And it's it's going to be a very intriguing draft this year because of that alone. Because you bring up a really good point find- with the combine. Um, every year, I've yeah. always thought of the combine as you know just showing off physical ability, but it never, in my opinion, it never really showed off any actual game football play. ability. Football, football ability, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was just how high can you jump yeah. out. It, it was just exercising these players. So, you know, are we going to get a different mindset from the coaches, the GMs, teams? When, on you, these when players, you take exactly. that combine out of it. Right? And Scott knows that. He, me and him talked about the football players, Scott. Yeah, yeah well, the, the, the thing about it, though, the combine started for, for one reason, one reason only, and that was to get the top players together for a medical grade. They didn't. They didn't. They, the first thing, they, they, it was down in Arizona. They got like 200 of the top college football players in one spot. All the teams showed up back then, and it was 28, and – they were just doing it for medical, and all of a sudden, two years into it, they're like, well, why, why they're here? Well, let's measure them. Let's get a height. Let's get a weight. Let's get an arm length. Man. You know, let's do that kind of stuff. Then the next thing you know, well, they're all here. Let's run them. So it, it propelled itself into what it is now, and, of course, a lot of it's for, for media, for TV, you know, and that kind of stuff. And it's nice yep. to see the numbers, T-shirt and shorts. That's fine. It's part, <laughs> it's part of the puzzle. Some teams, bigger piece than others, of course. But, you know, this year, the organizations that have older scouts that have been around a long time and have seen it from the regular, you know, run the ball, throw up the pass, set the pass, or the run and shoot to the spread now, they're going back to the old school saying football is about big guys, tough guys, starts up front. You, you work, you know, inside to out, front to back. And a lot of those guys aren't flashy at the combine. You know, we're talking O-linemen, D-linemen. But this year, I think you're going to see more – Okay, we're going off a of tape, and that should be the Bible for any organization when they're evaluating talent because they've got pads on. They're playing in third and fourth quarters. They're on third down or going for it on fourth down. You're seeing the guys step up that need to step up, that can step up, 
and that's when we start identifying football players. When you want to go high, like you guys said, a jump, a short shuttle, a 40 yard dash. I mean, there, I, I drafted many guys that ran four, six, four, seven at the combine. Yet you can put them on, on a football field. No one catches them, you know, cause it's called play speed. And you get all that off of tape, not, not t-shirt and shorts and running shoes. Yeah, there's a certain safety in, 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 that played at Seattle who might be a, a Hall of Famer who who falls into that uh, who falls into that group right there. I think that you were talking about a, a four six four seven guy, but that's not it, no. it's football. It's it's what's done on the field. Hey, listen, quick question for you, Scott. I wanted to ask you um, with the draft on on the horizon, we're we're just a few days out. Um, I think everyone has seen the movie Draft Day. Everyone has yes. seen Kevin Costner doing, you know, what 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 he did. The war room, the, the, the war, war room, room, the coaches involved, uh, who the coach wants, who ownership wants, who the GM has that name on that on that napkin that's folded in his pocket. While uh, all the while, Jennifer Garner, the, the beautiful Jennifer Garner, is, is is sitting to his right the whole time <laughs> with uh, trust your instincts. Talk to me about how that Draft Day looks and looked. For you and kind of going through uh, the motions there with all of the, uh, as to what my colleague said earlier, all the noise uh, from the outside that's coming in from ownership, from the coaching staff, and then ultimately it's on you. Yeah. Well, first of all, I never had a Jennifer Gardner, just so you guys know. Uh, <laughs> we love you, Scott. I, I, might have been, I might have been sidetracked from looking at all kinds of guys in t-shirt and shorts and started looking at a secretary, <laughs> so I didn't have that luxury to have that. But, you know, well, like I said... Every organization is different, but the ones I've been involved in, by now, all the work's done. The, the board right. said the argument's been done from, from the head coach with coordinators, with position coaches between the scouts. You've already met with ownership two or three times face-to-face. Um, so, you know, the thing that can make it kind of nervous right now or kind of make it kind of anxious is just the possible trade talks and what That's are right. legit trade talks and what, who are just sniffing around playing games with you. Cause that happens a lot between GMs and they try to outsmart each other and say certain things, but you know, it's not, you know, I, I understand that the, they got the, the term war room. There's no war going on even close. <laughs> I mean, it's matter of fact, it, from the standpoint of even running the draft, it's boring from when you, when you're 15 picks away and you know, there's no phones ringing, there's no trades coming in or out or whatsoever. And you're just sitting there, you know, you're trying to find things to do. You know, you can only watch the TV so long and hear the commentators say things that aren't accurate. But, you know, it's, it's, it's really relaxed. And, and it's, you know, I'm sure it's different in Dallas. I'm sure nowadays with some of these new owners who want to be in, we call it kind of like fantasy owners. They want to be involved in each pick and why they take him and what, you know, what, what, what are they going to play him at? You know, is he going to start right away? That type of stuff. It's just, it's looking at each other and it's understanding. And, and, and the instincts and the gut feeling, really do play into it. Um, and everybody has their favorites from the area scout who do seen them all fall, has a grade on them, to the director who also probably saw them, to the GM has his idea, the head coach has his idea, both coordinators, one wants the offensive player, one wants the defensive player. So, you you know, you kind of map yourself through that whole thing, but it's all done within the last month and a half up to now. Now it's set. You know, it's set unless there's legit trade talk coming through. Okay, we go from – they would go from 15 to 8, who are we going to get? And they're for sure going to be there. Or if you're going from 8 to 15, what pocket of players are going to be at 15 that still not just are really good football players but also fill a need? Because we stay at 8, we get a good player, and we get a need. Is it worth getting two players, meaning a, a pick at 15, and then picking up a third in that draft, an extra third round, so you get two players for one? So that stuff can make it a little bit 
tricky right now, but besides yeah. that, it's really laid back. So I think you got to be playing chess right now, and my head's spinning yeah. with all these numbers, and we got to pay the bills real quick, Scott, but we want you back. We have one more segment to go. We're with Scott McLuhan, folks. He's a Loveland native, Colorado guy, Wichita State. He has such a great storyline to share with us, and we're so thankful you're, that you're here. We gotta be. We'll be back in three minutes. We're the we're the fan cave. We're on MileHighSports.com. We'll be right back. Ready or not, here I come, you can't hide, gonna find you and take it slowly, ready or not, Spoochies? here I come, you can't hide, I think Polly knows this, oh. the original song Scott does yeah, too, yeah, yeah. hey you're listening to the Fan Cave, we're live right now, drives a mile high stadium, we should call this Drives at Mile High Stadium, by the way. Stadium of cars? Yes. It is a stadium of buttes. I just might have coined a new phrase there. Another Drives hashtag. at Mile High Studios. And we got Dave Logan, hashtag the Pope. Thanks to our good friend Arden Walker. And earlier. we got the official Walker. And, and, and we got Scott McLuhan with us live right now. And Scott, I want to just lead in, man, because I wish we can get you for two hours right now. But your story is an is an amazing story, Colorado kid. He's a baseball guy. Went went to Wichita State, drafted by the Blue Jays, and then he gets a call from Ron Wolf and says, "Hey, you want a scouting job in the NFL?" I mean, this story is amazing, folks. And here he is with us now, um, two time Super Bowl champion. He knows baseball, folks. Just to let you know. And we might get into some Jeff Breidich GM talk. But, uh, Scott, tell us, man. We we just want to hear your thoughts on the NFL draft in 2021. This draft seems loaded. Like, I see second-round guys that are first-round draft picks. What What's your thoughts on it? You know what? I feel I feel it is a really good draft. Um, you know, it's, it's unique because it, it, it's – it's very unique from the standpoint of the pandemic and, and the area scouts not being able to go in during the fall and, and do what we call school calls where you watch tape, you talk to coaches, watch practice and all that stuff. That was all obsolete this year. Um, only one all-star game, of course, no combine. We talked about that, but it's uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of players, you know, every draft is a good draft. If you make it a good draft, because there'll be players picked in the first round. Of course, they're end up being, you know, pro bowlers, a couple will be hall of famers, but there's players taken in the fourth round in the seventh round, and when you're picking, you have to know in the back of your mind, there is at least one player on that board that I'm not going to select right now that is going to be a damn good NFL football player, and not just for your organization with the first contract, but he's going to reach a second contract. He's going to be a big part of your team for multiple years. Because um, everybody says, well, it's the fifth round, sixth round, seventh round. A lot of really good players are drafted there, even as college free agents who go undrafted. There's still damn good football players out there. So you always have to remember each pick is vital, and you're trying to do what's best for your organization, but you got to realize too on that board who are you missing that is going to end up being somewhere else, end up having having a having a ten year career and being very successful. Scott, 
all that being said, we know and we've heard all of the changes. You've just mentioned many more with what GMs are dealing with. In Denver, we have a first-year GM, and he's got a lot on his plate, right? Being yep. that you've been in his shoes before, and, and you mentioned earlier that you know all the work's been done, the, deci the decisions have been made unless there's a trade-up or trade-back. I know you've been in these shoes before. What would you do upcoming for Thursday at pick number nine? Well, the, the, the thing about it is, first of all, George is a really, really good per, a personnel guy and football guy. He's been around a long time, been around good yeah. organizations, been around good teams, bad teams, which I think is very important because a lot of this is experience. And he's been through it. And not only that, if he's a good personnel guy, he, he, he's a really good person. I've always respected him. I've always been good friends with him and, and always, always followed how he's gone along his path. So I knew he'd be a GM at some juncture. And this is it. He could have been five years ago, but this, this is the right place for him. Um, from the standpoint at nine, there's going to be a real good football player there. Um, yeah. You know, again, each team has their own kind of needs. And, and, the, and the win win, the double whammy is when you get the best player, in your opinion, plus the position of need. Now, sure. I always looked at it, too, too, as the standpoint, a good player is a need for every team in every round. You always want good football players, no matter what. I don't mm -hmm. care if it's a backup quarterback, if it's a backup safety that gives you special teams value. You always want good players. But at nine, especially this year, because the quarterbacks are going to go earlier than they probably should, in my opinion, but they're going to mm -hmm. go because of the position alone. Um, it's going to push some, some guys back, you know, in, 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 in the early teens, you know, late single digits that I feel step in day one and contribute and contribute in a, in a very big way um, at, at different positions, not just say receiver, not just say corner, but also at linebacker, you know? Um, so it, 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 it's a deep draft. And the, the thing said in nine, which is really cool is, you know, if say if they wanted a quarterback, there's a chance there's one there. There really is. Now, if that's the case, there's also a really good chance that phone's ringing and listen, you can move back three spots, maybe get the guy you thought you were going to get in the first place, not knowing that the receiver or the quarterback was going to be there. Yet you pick up another one or two picks in that draft, or you pick up a better pick for the next year's draft. So there's multiple ways to go, but I personally would think with the way George is and the way he's been around this, and he, he's going to, I would think, take the best football player available that's best for the like organization it. now. It, yes. it, it, it's not going to all be his call now, you know, Vic's going to have say in it. You know, Elway's going to have say in it. Everybody, everybody that has fingers on a moving part of that are going to have their say in it. Now, he's going to be the, his name's going to be attached to it, which is fine. But knowing him, and if he goes away, I think he'll go. You guys will be very impressed with who he takes at nine. Or if he trades out, there's a reason for it. Scott, would you, would you, uh, is it fair to say that, because uh, I really, really, was able to relate to and connect with your, your comment there. There's five quarterbacks on here that, that could go within the top six, potentially the top eight, the top nine. Yep. Uh, is that the Patrick Mahomes effect? Is that what a guy like him who was able to have such a quick impact on his team so early on where other teams don't want to be the one that passed on Patrick Mahomes. Is that the Patrick Mahomes effect and why quarterbacks, especially specifically this year are going so early, so quickly? No, I don't think it's the Patrick Mahomes effect. I think it's Lamar Jackson, Patrick Holmes, um, Tom Brady still having success. I Josh think it all Allen. plays into it, you know, but, but, but just showing that there's different, you know, there's, there's different animals out there to say, and not calling the players animals, but just, there's different ones if you want to. If, if you want to say Jennifer Gardner's. 
if he's a jungle, you know, if he's a king of the jungle, okay, why? Okay, but at this position, he's that. Now, you know, I think quarterback, of course, everybody says the most important position on the field, which I, I totally understand why they do that. I've never bought into it 100% because you got five guys up front, sometimes six, including the tight ends. They play with an inline tight end anymore. That's protect them. You know, if, if, if you can't run the ball and you can't protect your quarterback, I don't care how good your quarterback is, you're not going to have success. You might win six to eight games. Um, the trenches. And, and that's a good year, and that's having a good year. It's 11 on 11 on 11, meaning offense, defense, special teams. And you need, you need to address every position as just as important. You know, people want to say kickers. You know, forget about them. No. The only time you talk about them is when they miss one to win a game, which is a huge thing. But, of course, when it gets down to playoff time, amounts of wins and losses. But, you know, I think quarterbacks are pushed up. I think, again, these owners, these younger owners are getting involved and getting involved heavily, which I understand. They're the boss. They write the checks, all that stuff. So they have to have some say, and you have to respect what they say. And sometimes you just look at me like, this is completely crazy. This Is he kidding me, you think? But, of course, they're not. But they see the different kinds of breeds of quarterbacks that are having success and being young and having success, and they want to be part of that. They want they want, why can't we have Tom Brady? Well, first of all, twenty years plus in the NFL, you know, been to ten World Championships. They don't grow on trees. You're not going to see one again. I'm not going to see one again. Our kids aren't going to see one again like that. So just forget about that. It's an aberration. Hey, it's gone. Yeah, but, it's gone. You know, you got, I mean, we. Oh, Scott, we can talk to you for two hours, like I said. But I, I just as a GM, you and I have had our talk. Tell us about the story. Who's your favorite draft pick? We already, I mean, you and I know who he is, but tell us the story, man. That was a good, well, it's a great story. Well, first of all, it's Frank Gore. I, I, and I'm not knocking my players that I've been around right, with, right. that I've drafted oh, yeah. and got, got relationships with. Frank was just very, very, very unique from the standpoint of his medical coming out and the fact that, right. you know, he had a lot of different issues people were worried about, as, as we call them in the league, red flag type things. Um, you know, but I have a lot of stories. But I, the one that I, I, I don't, I, I hope I didn't say this one last year, but it's one that people can relate relate with, kind of about it. It's a thing called Wonderlick test. It's a 12 minute test. It's 50 questions. Um, you, you get graded. You can skip questions, or whatever. But you got 12 minutes, so you go through it. The old lineman test high, quarterbacks test high. Um, you know, certain positions test lower. But I don't want to see the number. But Frank got a very little score. Um, you know, and 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 it was unique because. You know, I was really liked Frank. I knew the medical coming out. We couldn't, we could take him only so early because of the medical. But one, one comment came up in the, in the draft meetings with the coaches. And the one coach says, you understand he's got a very low wonder lick. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I recognize that. You know, some guys struggle with reading. Some guys have dyslexia. Some guys don't like time tests, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but the uh, running, running back coach stepped up and says, okay, so he's not very intelligent, you're saying, huh? He says, okay, I got an idea. We we'll get his shoes. And we put L on, on his left shoe, R on his right shoe. And in the huddle, we say, Frank, run right. So you look down at your shoe and know which way right is. He says, we'll score touchdowns. <laughs> and he was dead serious. And, and the whole place just went completely quiet, you know, because that was something that the coaches always like, you know, is he book smart? Is, you know, yeah. what universities, you know, what he get? It's so much different when you get Frank Gore might be the smartest football player I've ever been around. Yes. I've been around thousands, thousands of players. And he could recall, not names, but every, every jersey number, what they did on what play, what linebacker was key in him, what the safety was doing, where he lined up, inside the hash, outside the hash, what number he lined up on. He could call everything back to you. And this is two days after the game's over. He still remembered all that. 
And so this is the guy who played, who played six years at University of Miami with two medical red shirts from the, the knee injuries that he had, right? Well, he had, he had two ACLs done and he had yeah. two shoulders redone coming yeah. out. Unreal. It's all about the tape. That's a football player. It's intelligence. There's different <laughs> that, types that's of intelligence. Thing, you know, but that's setting the bar too high because that's the ultimate. Tough guy, smart guy, good guy, great teammate. I mean, the reason he's still right. playing is because he brings so much to a locker room. The charisma he brings in that place and the clout so he brings in there with his work ethic and his passion for the game. To this day, he still cries when, when he loses a game. Cries. Well, you guys it, it, be in the Hall of Fame one day. We're crying because we got to end this right now. <laughs> I'm like, Scott, <laughs> we can go on and on and on. We appreciate you. Uh, I believe it because I've watched Frank Gore play. I watched him play in college. I, I grew up a University of Miami fan, so I know what kind of player yeah. he is. And now what makes me cry, to be honest with you, Scott, is the fact that uh, not only that we have to go, but the fact that I'm going to be watching his son probably in the <laughs> right. NFL here within the next year you or two old. Who, who's playing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Scott McLuhan, former NFL GM, consultant to the NFL, uh, many teams, former NFL executive. Scott, thank you so much for joining us and giving us, sharing much with love, us man. the key insight that you have on this uh, NFL draft, Eve, Eve, Eve. So we Get, appreciate that. Hey, Scott, give Polly our love and thankful he didn't have to drive you up to the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. I will definitely. All right, guys, I appreciate it very much. You guys have a good night. Appreciate Thanks it. for the insight. We really do appreciate it. It's the uh, Fan Cave Live right now. Uh, drives a mile high studio. When we come back, we've got a lot of uh, – we got some great insight that I, I think that we should all maybe kind of break down and, and talk about from what Scott was able to share with us as well as going into the – going into the um, – the Breidich decision today for him to walk away. Phone numbers for the phone number. Yeah, that's right. 303-831-1340. The talk text line. We're taking all your calls. The uh, McLaren of uh, Sports Radio will be joining us back as well next segment. And uh, don't go anywhere because we're live on 98.1, 107.5 FM HD3. It's a fan cave right here on MyHighSports.com.